Lord, will those who are saved be few? Jesus, to paraphrase him, will those, will one of the saved be you? Will one of the saved be you? In our Hebrews reading and the psalm, you can see a deconstruction of all that there is. That one day a fire will come and the whole universe will be changed. Death will happen. And all that is in God, only that which is in God will survive. Will those who are saved be few? Some think of this as a trivial question, and I think possibly there's documents back uh, around Jesus' day, uh, one a little bit later called the Mishnah, and there's rabbis that would be debating over this particular question. Uh, And it's it's kind of an in-house Israel question. Are the generation at the flood, they, are they going to get in? One rabbi says no. Are, are those that are dispersed with the, uh, the first exile from Babylon, are they getting in? No. The generation in the wilderness, what about the ten tribes, are they going to get in? Will those who are saved be few? And the Bible seems to speak about this remnant, this people that are being faithful to God. And those are the ones that make it through. Will you be one of the saved? We don't know whether he's thinking theoretically here, worried about his life or someone else's. But Jesus directs him to question about his own salvation. The door that is narrow, strive to enter it. Strive to enter it. It's this word strive, it's like an Olympic term or a military term. It talks about great effort, throwing off everything else. It's not a casual entry. I don't know if you've ever been late and missed something. This is one appointment that we cannot miss. Jesus says, we cannot fail. We cannot not get in this door. And this deconstruction, this this door is narrow. This is one way through where the whole world is going to pass through. It's going to be destroyed and recreated, renewed. One way. A narrow way. In our secular culture, the pressure's off. There's not one door, but many. Yeah? And maybe only the extremely evil people don't get through that, those many, many doors out there. The door is not narrow but wide. There's plenty of time. It is not urgent. You can believe what you like. Do what you like. Doesn't really matter. The door is big. 
nothing to restrict you in any way. See, for Jesus, this door is very personal. He, just after this passage, he pleads, deeply cries out, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I wanted to gather you up. And later in in Luke, he talks about, he weeps over Jerusalem. And, and, And Paul has this kind of same sentiment of, if I could even give up my own salvation, I would bring you in. But it's, it's a deeply personal, relational thing with God to get in that door. It's being born into a new family. A baptism. Where you're united with him and have a new destiny. A new origin. That isn't of this fleshly world, but one that has heaven in mind. That you're born of heaven. Joining with Jesus. Immersed into his view of reality. It's as narrow as him. But as infinite as him. It's interesting, St. Cecilia, as a great example of going into this door. I don't know if you know much about her. One of the early martyrs, she gave her life to burying, burying those that were martyred. She gave everything. She gave her marriage. There's many stories about how much her life shone through. And as she gave her life to burying these people, she preached. And 400 people came to know the Lord. She withdrew from... She remained a virgin the whole of her life because that's what she believed even though she was married. And her husband went along with it because he believed in the Lord too because of her witness. Not advocating that, but... (laughs) They tried to kill her by suffocation. She survived. They tried to kill her another way and survived. They didn't survive, but survived for three days and witnessed the whole time. Praying the Psalms, just pouring out of her life. A tremendous example And she's known for music, which is where the Psalms poured out. The door needs to be entered. What what is this? Striving towards the door. Striving, is that something we're used to, especially in the Protestant church? Striving towards that goal that we could get into the door. That's not something that we normally hear, the idea of we need to strive. And I think the idea that Jesus had, is not that we work to get into heaven, but this door is the door of the cross, where everything is bound to Jesus on the cross, where everything is dying and deathly, and we realize that this whole world is dying and deathly. Everything in our life is dying and deathly and has an end, and the only hope is in Him, and so we bind our lives to Him on the cross. 
And so it comes with humility. So getting in the narrow door, it's, it's narrow because it's constraining to us to realize the reality of how God sees the world. It's not attaining things, it's realizing that everything we would seek to attain and build up in our own lives is nothing. Unless God builds it. Unless God has it. Unless his life is flowing through. And so Jesus gives this strong warning. Are you striving to get in that door? Have you let this world go? Have you identified with your baptism that you're going into those waters and saying, this world is dead in the water. Gone. My life is now with Christ. He says, one day that door will shut. One day he will bring the end to this world. And the time will be up. What's stopping you from going through the narrow door right now? The questioner asks about numbers. Jesus answers in terms of time and you. The time is running out. Noah and the ark. Noah preached built the ark and then the door closed the time was up this is a scary passage but his words are true because he cares about the relationship we have with him will those who are saved be few will the saved be you There's a vital decision, a wholehearted acceptance, an embracing of the cross. You can't just be a mere acquaintance. You see that in how Jesus lays it out. They're at the door and they're pounding on the door and saying, I ate with you, I heard your teaching, I, I, I knew you, I sat down with you, I'm a child of Abraham. You can't just go away and go, oh, that, that was a lovely teaching. Nice. Think I'll weed my garden. Maybe there's a garden that we do need to weed. I think I'll blog about it. Sometimes it just makes me cry. But do we have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Have we fallen on the cross? Are we looking to get through The door of the cross, the narrow door, the door of humility, laying ourselves down, trusting in him alone. Can't rely on just mere acquaintance, even sitting with him, or even our background. If we fail to act today, even now, We might not be able to enter in tomorrow. I do not know where you come from. Depart from me. 
Some translations say, uh, I do not know you. Here, here, in the Greek, it's, it's, I do not know where you come from. Do you, do you have that heavenly birth? Are you baptized as with Christ so that you share his heritage? That you are now bound into the intimacy of the Trinity? Sharing a new life bound to him. It's not enough to have any other claim other than Christ. Can you imagine these words? I do not know where you come from. Depart from me. I do not know you. Being spoken at the door. Jesus says it here. The warning is strong. The time is short. Are you one of the few? The destiny is eternal. One side of the cross, you see Jesus and the full weight of hell on him as he feels the forsakenness of the Father. And takes on the full weight of all sin on his being. That's one side of the cross. If we don't join in there, that is where the weeping and gnashing of teeth outside the kingdom. The other side is by being bound to him, that narrow door bound to him in baptism, in our faith, in our life with him. Continually falling on him, not striving for anything in ourselves, but all on him. He gives us his life. We are born into his life. And we get to live that life even now. And we'll live it for all eternity in the great banquet. There you will see weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all the prophets in God's kingdom, but you yourself thrown out. People will come from east, west, north, south and take their place at the feast of the kingdom. For indeed, there are those who are last who will be first. He's talking to the... the Jewish people around him at that point, they, they're saying, you know, you've got all these people, they're probably thinking, you know, all these people that have left the Jewish faith, we must be really one of the remnant. We're stuck around this long, we're here. And Jesus says, actually, narrower, me, the cross, bound to me. If you miss it, you might have been first, but you'll be lost. And those that come after, that do hold on to me, not holding on to any, their, anything in themselves, but they've held on to me, they realize that it's his merit, his passing through death, that is the only hope when everything else crumbles. Will those who be, are saved be few? 
will one of the saved be you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.